Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to the Mental Wellness Wake Up Show. I am your host, Dawn McMillan, the spiritual psychotherapist, bringing you tips, tools, and techniques from both spirituality and psychology so we can all create lasting well-being. Thank you for being here. I'm so grateful. So what I want to share with you today is about creative visualization. So to refresh your memory, creative visualization is the concept of imagining an experience or an outcome that you desire to create with the intention of making that reality a little easier to bring forth. So there's a lot of research on this. There's a lot of spiritual techniques related to this. There are Silva techniques, there are NLP techniques. There's even been a joke in the classic musical, The Music Man, where he teaches the kids the think method because he's a con man, but lo and behold, they actually learn something. So what I want to bring to your attention about creative visualization is that it works. It works. So let me share with you briefly um, a Silva method technique, and I believe NLP has one that's very similar. So in the Silva method, you imagine a screen in front of you with the current situation that you are wanting to turn into a project and change. So you imagine the current situation and then about 15 degrees to the left of that, you imagine your next step in improving or changing that situation. And then about 15 degrees to the left of that, you imagine your final outcome and you do this and you do this and you do this. And eventually, usually faster than one might expect, you end up with that final picture. So what is important about that is that we are intentionally having images and uh, sensations and words. We're engaging our senses in our imagination to outpicture it in reality. There's a whole movie, <laughs> The Secret, which I know is problematic. It's, it's meant to be a primer, not the whole story. But I think we're all pretty much aware at this point that creative visualization is important. There was even a study done, and I, I will try to find it if I can, if I can, where we had some athletes who were tested. I believe it was in Lake Placid. And they had all these groups of athletes with different percentages of actual practice and rehearsal versus imaginal practice and rehearsal. So group one, 100% practice. Group two, nothing. Group three, visual practice. And the shocking thing is that the people who only did the imaginal practice had almost as good of an outcome as the people who did the purely physical practice. And then ultimately in another research study, the people who did both physical practice and visualizing were able to get outstanding, outstanding outcomes. So if visualizing and imagining things create, helps you create those things in your reality, helps you to you got to do things in real life too. You can't visualize playing basketball and be a great basketball player unless at some point you actually pick up a ball and show up on a court. So visualizing things and then taking action on them work together to create an outstanding result when you do it intentionally. Here's what I posit for your consideration. What if we're doing it unintentionally? Let me set this up for you. 
And this might be a little challenging, so bear with me and just for the moment, imagine that what I'm about to say to you is true. You can reject it later. One of the findings consistently in psychology and social psychology in particular is the degree to which we underestimate the influence that media has on us. We underestimate the degree to which advertising works. We acknowledge that other people, other people are being influenced by this stuff, but not us because, you know, we know that they're trying to, so it doesn't work. Trust me for a moment and just imagine that it's true that to whatever degree you believe you are being influenced by media, that you are drastically underestimating it. If advertising didn't work, would multinational corporations continue to bombard us with advertising? If, ad, if advertising didn't work, if we weren't influenced by the things that we see and hear through the various means of communication, why would it be a multi-billion dollar business? If we can just for a moment, without judgment or fear or blame or shame, acknowledge that the media that we consume is influencing us, it is changing us greater than we are acknowledging. And everything that that brought up, let's just cancel, delete, release, and let that go. Cancel, delete, and release, and let that go. It's easy to get angry. You're like, you don't know my life. You don't know me. I'm smarter than that. Yeah, you are. You're smarter than that. And our brains, our bodies, we are wired in certain ways that can be manipulated by other people and are being manipulated by other people. I'm currently in the middle of rereading Influence by Robert Cialdini, and I am reminded to the degree that our social scripts set us up for manipulation and just the way that we are wired. So visualization works to create and influence the outcomes that we desire when we use it intentionally. Step two, we are more influenced by media than we recognize or acknowledge or understand or feel. One of the reasons we don't know how much we're being influenced is because we don't feel like we're being influenced. <laughs> we have a joke in my family. We watch a lot of uh, Korean dramas. And for some reason, Subway is sp obviously sponsoring these shows. Like people will just randomly be having their Korean drama lives and then go to a Subway. And I, I will tell you, no lie, there has been more Subway in this house. There have been more orders from Subway in this house since we started watching Korean dramas since than there ever was before. And if we weren't tracking that, like, why would we track that? Why would we track that? Like, who's like, I wonder how this product placement in these TV shows that I'm watching is influencing me. But we did notice at one point, you know, my, my sibling was just like, I think I want Subway. I'm like, yeah. And then we realized that we just see, we had just seen so many Subway ads or product placements in the show that we had been watching. So we're being influenced by media intentionally by products that they're trying to sell us. Here's what I want us to consider. To what degree are we being influenced? Not by the advertisers and the product placement, but by the shows that we're consuming. I stopped watching The Walking Dead. Well, one, because it killed my favorite character in a brutal way. 
that was the, that was the final straw for me. But I realized, (laughs) I realized that I was beginning to be more cynical, right? Great show, really interesting characters, fun writing, and in the world of The Walking Dead, right? First you have the collapse of society and then like all post-apocalyptic situations, regardless of what happens, the humans become the predators to other humans. The zombies became manageable. It was the humans who became predators to other humans. And the way that people triumphed was through violence. And the more I watched the show, the more cynical I became about about humans. Like, ah, people suck. Everyone's out for themselves. It's a dangerous world. And I would just, I was getting contracted and I was thinking, wow, I need to get, we all need to go into Krav Maga and I need to learn to hunt with a bow. Seems minor. And it's a silly example, naturally. And I share it because that is an example of, I'm watching what I think is a really well-written, fun show for entertainment. And yet my real life is beginning to be affected by this visualization that I am doing once a week. I am visualizing zombies. I'm visualizing human beings preying on other human beings. I'm visualizing the world is dangerous. I'm visualizing that the answer to problems is being better at violence than your competitors. And I don't think it's really a big stretch to look around the world right now and notice that there's plenty of violence. And you might flip that back on me and go, yeah, people are terrible. People are dangerous. You do need to be ready to protect yourself. Okay. To what degree is that true? Because we're all consuming news. We're all consuming media about the apocalypse and how the way to survive is violence. Can you let that sit for a moment? Objection number one, are you saying I shouldn't watch the news? Maybe. To what degree do you need to be informed in order to be an effective citizen of the country in which you live? Do you need to know the traffic? Yeah, that's pretty helpful. Your navigator knows it. Do you need to know that there was a tsunami warning recently off the West Coast? Yeah, you do. Especially if you or people you love live on the West Coast. Or you want to know where your next volunteer opportunity is. I may have shared this example with some of you who are personal friends, but I remember a while back just losing my bleep about an extradition case in Germany. I was upset for days. I can't remember the nationality of the young man. I believe it was a Pakistani national was living in Germany. They were going to send him back. And I was just like losing my mind about this situation. Now, on the one hand, yay me, I'm compassionate. On the other hand, ask me what I can do about that. I don't live in Germany. I have no influence over these lawmakers. I don't know this man. I mean, maybe, maybe, and people, you know, you look at uh, Malala and, and Greta and all of these, and all of these young people and all these people right now who are live with us, who are doing extraordinary things because something, something unjust captures their attention and they move mountains. So I'm not suggesting that I literally couldn't do anything about this guy. My point is that at the time I was working on my own activism. At the time I was actually making a difference 
in my community with issues that I, I can touch, that I can reach, that I can influence with with lawmakers that that will listen to me. Well, <laughs> lawmakers whose contact information I have. But I allowed my peace of mind to be disturbed because this information came into my awareness. It felt real important and urgent and just like, I don't, if I could, you could see me, I'm like gripping my fist, like, and we sometimes get those feelings about the news and the news is not everything. The news is not everything. The news is curated to keep your attention. Fear and panic keeps your attention. And so there's this old cliche, if it bleeds, it leads. So the news is designed to keep you terrified. And one of the most popular forms of entertainment right now is really dark, really apocalyptic points of view where people are hunting people, where children are killing each other. I mean, it's really, really, really a story about what humanity is and where humanity is going, which is the complete corruption of everything good and true and beautiful and full-scale encouragement for the exploitation and the predatoriness for us to prey on each other and the most violent person wins. So if we are able to create our future by what we are visualizing and we do it on purpose when there's something we want, Wayne Dyer would say, um, Imagine yourself surrounded by the conditions you wish to experience. We do it on purpose when there are things that we want. When we are consuming and imagining and visualizing and becoming emotionally caught up in a world, an apocalyptic, violent world as entertainment, to what degree are we participating in the creation of that world? And I can, <laughs> I know it's, I know it's a stretch and I, I love, I love great storytelling and I find a lot of the storytelling very compelling. A lot of us do. If you look at what's popular, I just want us to consider when you look at what you're consuming, what are you choosing for your future? One thing I noticed about the Barbie movies that my kids loved when we were young is that all the good people had blue or green eyes and all the bad people had brown eyes. And that's super subtle. But to what degree are we programming into our minds that brown-eyed people are bad? I use my Subway example. I had, I'm not a sandwich, I don't, I'm not a sandwich person. We're like, oh, Subway sounds good. So to what degree is being inundated with terrible news, with all the stories of the worst of humanity, both in our news coverage, and then in our entertainment, are we programming ourselves into a future where that's a reality? We often, when we talk about these difficult topics, want to undermine the point of view by swinging to the exact opposite. It's like, oh, so I'm not supposed to pay attention. I'm not supposed to. No, no. Like most things, it's the paradox of both and. The paradox of both and. It is true that, you know, entertainment is entertainment. It is true that people can be really deeply horrifying. And it's also true that people can be deeply amazing and creative and just and collaborative 
and self-sacrificing and just the most beautiful expression of beingness that ever there was. To what degree are you seeking out visualizing and imagining the best in people? I was watching the recent, the American version of Ghosts, and it's so silly and cute and charming. And it's like a, a little a little bit of ginger in between your sushi, right? I'm not burying my head in the sand. I'm consciously choosing to consume something that leaves me feeling lighter and more joyful and more peaceful. I still know what's going on in the world. I'm still taking action where I can to do my part to make the world a better place. I'm still watching, you know, some of the darker stuff. Both and. And if you find yourself fearful, if you find yourself, people suck. Everyone's terrible. Maybe consider what you're watching. What are you listening to? But especially watching, right? A movie or television show, it encompasses all your senses, right? All of us have these huge big screen TVs too, right? So your entire field of vision is full with these images and these voices and these sounds and these wonderful stories that are just evoking strong emotion. And when you study manifesting, what does it say? Visualize, evoke the strong emotion. And when you stick to it, you will create that in your future. Let's just not be unconscious. Let's not be unintentional. Let's choose to create more than we consume. That's my current challenge for myself. Create more than I consume. And wonder is what I, if, if what I'm consuming is what I am creating, right? I am choosing my future by what I consume through media. Is this the future that I desire? And balance it out. And balance it out. And with that, I want to invite you to take a big, deep breath. Drop your shoulders away from your ears. Allow your eyebrows to separate and move out towards your ears. Let your tongue drop to the bottom of your mouth. And let everything that I said, just let it be okay. And everything that came up that is challenging, that is tight, that is... (coughs) made myself cough with that. (laughs) I made the dog snore. I think it's telling that even talking about this really dense negative energy um, sent me into a coughing fit. What I'm inviting you to is to, to awareness, to consciousness. And it can be as simple as, if I choose to watch this program, what future am I creating for myself and my planet? That's it. And if you get a, eh, enjoy. If you get a, ooh, watching this is going to be great entertainment and I'm I'm going to learn something important that's going to help me create whatever. If you just ask the question, if I consume this product, what am I creating for my myself? What future am I creating for myself and my planet? And then choose or don't choose. 
It can be that simple. It can be that simple. Okay, that's a little bit of a challenging one, so let's just shake it out. You'll find animals in the wild when something terrible happens, like you're a gazelle and you narrowly escape the lion. They shake. David Berselli has a, a whole program on that. Look him up. But right now we're just going to shake it all out and sigh it out. And let's just cancel, delete, and release and let go whatever is ready to be released. And with all of that, please allow me to be the one to remind you in this moment that you, glorious being that you are, are whole, perfect, and complete just the way you are. And right here, right now, you are worthy and deserving of all good things. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time. If any part of this pinged with you, I would be so grateful if you could like on whatever platform you're on, especially iTunes, that really makes a big difference. And then share this with at least one other person who might benefit from it. This channel is also on YouTube. So if you prefer to listen to your podcasts on YouTube, I know that sounds weird, but a lot of people do. I, for myself, have found some really great podcasts on YouTube, which is a visual medium, but I digress. Please like, subscribe, and share. It means so much to me. And for those of you who have reached out to me to let me know which episodes have really been meaningful for you and helpful to you, first of all, thank you for listening. Second of all, ah, so grateful. So, so grateful. You can find me on most of the socials at the Dawn McMillan. All right. Bye.